Hello and welcome to Cruising in the Light and Shadow. My name is Anana Moon. Um, I'm going to start again today um, with a couple of quotes um, because our topic today is, um, <laughs> I started thinking about it and what is it that people come in to see me about? Um, one of them has to do with work and how unhappy they are at work and how they can find their way out of having either to work at all <laughs> or to change their concept of work um, or to figure out how to be okay with the work they're doing um, for as long as they need to do it, whatever the reasons may be. So I'm starting with a couple of quotes from Joseph Campbell, who is um, one of my favorite authors. He's an anthropologist, an academic, and a mythologist. And I thought these were uh, very encouraging and powerful quotes. You are more than you think you are. There are dimensions of your being and a potential for realization and consciousness that are not included in your concept of yourself. Your life is much deeper and broader than you conceive it to be here. What you are living is but a fractional inkling of what is really within you, what gives you life, breadth, and depth. And his other quote, we're in a free fall into the future. We don't know where... We don't know where we're going. Things are changing so fast, and always when you're going through a long tunnel, anxiety comes along. And all you have to do to transform your hell into paradise is to turn your fall into a voluntary act. It's a very interesting shift of perspective. That's all it is. Joyful participation in the sorrows, and everything changes. And then just his last one that you may have already heard many times over, it's Joseph Campbell who said, follow your bliss. Um, a lot of people wonder what that means. Um, but are you following your bliss? Are you following your joy? Are you doing what brings you joy? Um, so when it comes to work, do you feel you have to work or do you get to work? Um, and we have a right to feel um, and a right to be successful and happy and well-paid and valued as a human being in our work. So I'm asking you today, is that who you are? Is that what's going on for you? Or are you more about the complaints of work, the drudgery of it? Um, just to read a couple of statistics, we definitely, and you probably know these, but I'm, I'm just saying them, stating them again here. We spend about a third of our time, and I think a lot of people spend more, way more than a third of their time at work. Um, people by the, at the end of the day often define themselves by the work they do. And if you're miserable, what does that mean? Um, many I was going to state a few of them, but there are lists and lists of mental health studies that show that 70% and more of us are not happy in our work. 70%. Um, that's an awful lot of time to spend in a day at a place you're miserable or miserable within yourself, not finding ways to move that kind of 
negative or stagnating energy into something more productive. It's a, it, it's a hard way to go. So what I was discovering, um, and, and many of us were talking about it, and years later studies came out that very often people do die um, right after they retire. And it doesn't mean that they retired because they were ill necessarily. I found that out as well. No, they were excited to go on and do what they'd always wanted to do or what they had put off doing. And then they passed away. They had worn themselves out or worked themselves to death. So let me just ask, do you have these symptoms? Do you dread going to work? Do you feel numb while you're there? Are you exhausted by the time you reach the end of your day? And I don't mean <laughs> tired, but not the good kind of tired. Um, are you um, exhausted when you even think about your work? Um, when you're there, do you feel valued? Do you feel bullied? Are you underpaid? Um, are the working conditions horrible? Is there so much chaos that it's hard to work? Is there disorganization? Are you one of the people that feels you could do the job better than the guy or the person who's in charge? Um, do you resent it? And yet, do you feel you have to do the work because you're raising a family or you have commitments, or gee, there is that thing of just needing to make money so that you can live. Um, um, but many say that there's just no such thing as saying thank you, that it's just a never-ending slog. And they get into that as a habit and a pattern. Um, is there room for advancement is another question. Um, can you see a way out? Can you see a way forward? Um, and better questions to ask, not that it's all about putting down work here today. Um, do you welcome the challenge of your work? Is that what gets you through your days? Do you enjoy it? Is your boss innovative and treats his or her employees well? Um, do you work with like-minded people? Is the environment perhaps really uplifting? Um, are you paid and benefited well? Um, and are you allowed space to do your work the way you want to without micromanagement? That became, when I was working in offices in particular, that became my one key thing. It's like, let me just work where I can work by myself and I don't have to deal with a lot of other people looking over my shoulder. Um, that can be bliss, actually. Um, so anyway, um, when we aren't happy at work, other areas of our life suffer. Um, and I've talked with many clients about um, the fact that they have become sick or depressed. Um, I'm seeing a lot of anxiety disorders from people who are unhappy in their work. Um, they often use drugs or they're drinking too much. They're not sleeping enough. Sleep disorders, in fact, are huge for people who are unhappy. Um, or they'll start to have relationship issues. Um, part of that is the resentment of feeling they have to go to work somewhere they don't want to work, but well, the pay is halfway decent. Um, but um, I'm also thinking about this, and this is kind of my cautionary tale here. Uh, many years ago, um, a woman came in 
for a session and she was drained. She looked drained. She was exhausted. Um, and she told me she had stayed at a bad job for a very, very long time, many, many, many years while she raised her kids. And when they grew up and left, she felt she had nothing left. She came in crying because she wasn't sure how she was going to continue working because she still needed to for herself. Um, and she had now been at this position for many years, and so the pay was what she wanted, but everything else was miserable. And she said some days she wasn't even sure how she was able to think after she woke up just to get up and function um, was, was a horrible, it was a nightmare for her. Um, so we sat and talked. We talked about her dreams and her goals. She said she had none. I said, why don't we go back and just think about when, before this all started, before you had children, let's talk about your dreams and your goals. She said, I can't even remember what those are. And I said, let's choose one. Just think about that. And she said, if I do, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with it. She was falling apart right in front of me. And so <laughs> we did some breathing. We talked um, a little more about a variety of things. Um, and I asked one more time, if nothing stood in your way, what is it you would want to do? She said, frankly, she waited, she thought about it, and she said, frankly, I can't even imagine um, what positive thing I would do or what being in a positive place um, where I was working would, would do for me. Um, I can't see it. I, I don't even want to go there. In other words, she was so locked down. And even so fearful of looking forward to her future and creating something new, just getting to a place of vision was hard for her. Um, I, my hope for you and for everyone is that you do not get to that place because it took her years. And um, having lost track of her, I'm not sure where her life is now. I hope she's found some sort of serenity and joy. Um, um, part of what she needed clearly, this is what I would say, if you're working, working, working at the same job and the tape that's played in your head is, I'm miserable, but I have to do this, um, you do need breaks from work. You need some sort of time out. If it's a weekend, if it's a few hours a day, if it's something to look forward to where your active and creative mind can be stimulated again, that's going to be very, very important. I almost liken that to having to get up on an airplane where the flight is long. You need the circulation. Um, and um, there have to be not only things to look forward to, but think about changes in work. Certainly think about leaving a job that you've been in too long, but you can plan for that. Um, do the work you need to do during the day and look into other opportunities off time. Um, they're, they're, yes, I also think purpose, and we'll get to that. Purpose is really, really important. Um, I have also met people who adored their work. Um, and it's interesting to me, no matter how menial 
the job might be or that others think the job is, they love their work. They know it's the job they want to do or it's a simple job where once they leave that work, then their day is devoted to what they love or their family and friends. Um, They felt good about it. Um, Some of them have a devotion to duty. Um, They know that they're contributing to the world by the very mundane, the work they may be doing, but it may be part of a greater goal or a greater good. Um, So they know they're of support of that. Um, They feel they're fulfilling another purpose, and they may not be able to say what that purpose is, or they may not want to share what that purpose is, but the mundane work is allowing for them to do that. So it becomes a positive thing. And these are absolutely the people that live into their 80s, 90s, and on. They look at life from a different viewpoint. So if you're feeling badly about um, your work, about about even changing jobs, um, this is something you also want to know. Um, A lot of people who say horrible things, when they come in and they say horrible things about their work and the people they work with and the conditions and there's nothing good about it, they say, that's it, I'm going to change my job. And it's like, well, yes, do that, but you might want to change the way you think about work or the way you work. Um, And what turns out to be the case is indeed that if someone changes their job but they haven't changed their perspective, they will come in and they'll say, and I'll say, so how is the new job? Great. Um, I guess the job would be great, um, but I'm starting to feel like I'm suffocating again. Um, I've had people say that, then come in later and say, okay, this is it. I am going through the exact same things I went through at another job at the old job, rather. Um, They'll say, I'm getting anxious again. Um, I'm depressed. I feel stuck. I don't like the boss. And it's a repeat of the things they were saying before they even thought about changing to another job. So why is that? Um, It turns out (laughs) in in other studies uh, that it's not always just about the job, but it's about you. It's about how you have created or cultivated a series of patterns and ways of thinking and ways of talking about your work that are still so ingrained in you that changing to another job, you're looking for the same things. You're thinking the same things. and of course, you know, I've, it's funny, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm just, voices are around me of things people have said. Um, there's certainly the thing of, well, every job has an issue or a problem or, you know, if, if it's just new job but same circumstances. Um, that's a possibility. Um, and it's a probability in some positions if you go to, if you're seeking work in the same fields or same areas, yes, you're going to, you may find some of the exact same problems. So really, ultimately, all across the board, it has to do with um, coming in every day, starting with where you are, and what you're doing. It's about changing your attitude and your perspective. Um, 
work improves when we think positively about it. That's according to the Mayo Clinic, the Good Think um, Incorporation. Um, you might want to look at the Good Think Company. They're very interesting. They're they are Harvard and other um, trained people, psychologists and um, thinkers who. Um, are looking at what it is to enjoy your life, to find happiness, enjoy your work. Um, but they say it's getting stuck very much in the attitudes that we already have um, that keep us from following our bliss, as it were. And um, you do have to come to a place one suggestion is you have to come to a place of welcoming the challenges that your work offers you. And some of us would come right in and say, well, I know what the challenges are and they're miserable, but can you reframe that? Can you find a different way around it? Um, if you're, so it, some of it has to do with commitment and you do wanna start, I, I'm seeing, I've found, you wanna start with why is it you're working? The first, the first answer, of course, is usually, well, they won't let me have the things I want if I'm not making money. But put the money aside because money is not um, the calling for a work. It's, it comes after your calling. It comes after your call to action um, of working. Um, and if the calling is what you want, you will find the money to be correct for what you're planning to do. You'll work toward that. Um, so some of this, I definitely am talking to people who are really thinking about changing their work, but some of it is about those who are going, there's no way I'm changing this work. I got to this point and I'm staying here, although I hate it every day. So there's there are a few things going on here. But um, it does have to do with looking at your calling and perhaps every day saying, this is why I'm getting up. There's, there's a good reason for it. Maybe it is raising your family. Maybe it is, there are some things about it that I wanted. Maybe, maybe you have a degree in a situation. I'm certainly seeing people who have worked for 20 or more years um, out of something they had wanted to do at first, and now they're looking for something else. But they feel, actually, they do want to go deeper into why they're doing this work. So it is true that um, you can be called to a responsibility to yourself, to your family, perhaps to your community, um, or service to your, in service to your education, um, that you do the work that you do. Um, so you have to look for the rewards of that. Um, some of this really is about meditating, writing down, journaling, um, rethinking who you are now as opposed to who you are when you first started and who you want to become um, from where you are now um, and letting yourself know absolutely you are not stuck in what you're doing. Um, you have a responsibility to yourself to find um, the joy the value and the purpose for this life you're living and subsequently the work that you do. Um, 
I've been finding this out with people, remembering actually that you are a craftsperson um, in the work that you do. You're actually an artist. And it doesn't matter how mundane the work may be, there is a craft to what you do. It's surprising how many people do not think about that, that there is value and worth in exactly what they're doing right now. You want to have thoughts like that before moving to another job, but that you have something to offer. So being a craftsperson, even if it's an ordinary kind of work, is no less valuable than, say, someone else you might look up to, whether they're a painter or a sculptor or a musician or a performer, um, that there is creative entertainment in just the work you do. Perhaps it is the people around you. Maybe um, just watching the way humans do things and how they communicate and um, learning how to deal with different kinds of people. Some people actually find a lot of humor <laughs> and joy in working with people that others might just say, oh, they're too difficult or they're making me miserable. Turn that around quite possibly from a different perspective to um, how is that person thinking and how can I deal with them better? I must have it in me to do something different with this person and to get what I need from them as I go forward in my job. Um, so there are all kinds of circumstances that you want to look at. Um, so I'm putting to you actually a challenge to find just the job you're in just for now. Even if you hate it, even if you go, there's no way I can find this job interesting. But just for now, what is interesting about your work? What would you tell someone who really needed to hear how interesting it is to do what you do? And find that for just yourself, just for now. And you may then feel, okay, it's time to be done with this work <laughs> and move to another type of job. Um, something else I want to say, too, is about energy. Um, even if you sort mail or clean floors or you run errands for people, um, it's not just about being a craftsperson, but your work in many ways is an art, and that really pertains to the energy of it. Particularly if you prepare food for people, if you help people in all sorts of ways, if you're directly in line talking with people, um, if you um, have to... Um, deal with difficult people who you are working for. Um, there's a need actually to think about the positive and negative thoughts that you have about them. Um, first of all, con being constantly negative about things put, bring, puts you in a negative place and brings you down. But to think positively about helping someone um, actually also helps you. Um, positivity and negativity, automatically you think of energy, and it's charged energy. It's charged in different ways. Obviously, positive energy is uplifting. Negative energy is destructive. And, it, and there's sometimes reasons for we have to tear this down. So you have to look at that destructive side of things. But 
when you're in an environment where you need to uplift or you need to be uplifted yourself to do your work better, think of the positive reasons you are there and why you're being of support and why you're being nurturing. It's a transformative energy. Um, Positive energy creates more positive energy. So if you're in a position like that, you might as well find the good of it. Um, And it's karma in the making also from um, ancient yoga, from a variety of texts. You reap what you sow, right? Um, So if you are building and thinking in a positive way and working toward the greater good of another person or many people and yourself, you are building more karma that flies in waves. It comes back and forth, and it builds and builds. Um, The negative really hurts and sucks energy away and creates stagnation. Um, It's funny. One thing I was was debating whether to say this, because I know if you're out there and you're miserable, to hear this will be difficult, but you're doing it for yourself. To When you are at work, smile, laugh, work hard, practice being nice. Um, Again, I understand. It's hard to trust that that will somehow help you, but a key word there is trusting yourself. When we smile, um, because we're smiling at someone else, but it's also because we have it in us to smile, or when we can laugh at something and find Actually, laughter means you've seen a variety of perspectives. Um, It changes your trust in the position you're in. Um, The negativity of being in something you don't like doing um, actually creates a mistrust and fear and um, anger and frustration. But to engage with, with... a smile or laugh or to really look in someone's eyes when you speak with them, that changes the atmosphere. You're a person, they're a person as well. Um, Working hard is an interesting one. A lot of people feel if they're miserable that they don't want to work hard. It's like, why should I? So they spend their day Um, not really working. Other people certainly notice that, and that brings down a lot of people. I've had plenty in my, come in my office and say, well, why should I work so hard when this guy over here doesn't even do anything most of the day? He figures out how to get out of it. Um, Watch your, definitely you want to watch your own work, but your, your ability to get the job done will in the long run means something. There's purpose to it. Um, And practicing being nice. Some people spend so much time making other people miserable and bullying in the office place. We're not just talking about children. We're talking about adults bringing other people down. Um, And often the solution to that is working from within yourself out, not seeking approval from someone else but doing the work you do because it brings you value and it brings you worth. Care about your own opinion of yourself over what someone else thinks, um, and you'll be in a better place. Um, another, another solution is to have gratitude. 
gratitude is the antidote, actually, to me, to dissatisfaction. Um, if you can wake up each day and say, oh, my job is miserable, but I have gratitude for this opportunity, it starts to shift to that consciousness. And to write down or just to think one thought at a time is what do I have gratitude for in this place that I work? Um, what is the one positive thing that this is about um, can help a great deal. Um, gratitude causes better working relationships. Um, it heightens the quality of work, actually. Um, it breeds, gratitude breeds creativity. Um, and it's a lot better for health. And those are, that's a study um, that gratitude actually affects your health. Um, so the longevity of your life um, is so important um, that you're not just waiting till the end of your working days to do other things or to be a different person, but you start doing that in the job that you're in. Um, do your tasks one at a time. I don't care what they say about multitaskers. Um, I've been that person who wished I had two more arms to do ten things, um, and I found I couldn't do it. And that was long before they finally came out with all the studies that are actually have been implemented in work environments that there is no such thing as multitasking. You can think about something you need to do in the future, something you didn't quite finish in the past, but in the here and now, um, you've got the one thing you're doing. So focus on that. Do it well. Um, <laughs> Charles Emerson Winchester, <laughs> I do it, I do one thing well, I do it one thing at a time, and then I move on. Um, you don't have to be that slow about it. <laughs> you can move fast, but you do, you really are only focusing one thing at a time. So notice that for yourself. And there will be a stronger, healthier ability to just be in this moment. Um, that's, that is the next step, is being in the here and now, or mindful working, making the decision that you're right here, right now. Again, being miserable and saying, I just hate this work, and how can I check out while I'm doing the work? How can I not be in my body while I'm in the work is not healthy, it's not mindful, and it isn't the here and now. You actually need to come in and say, this is where I am. I must face it, or I might as well face it, and look at it as you're doing it. And in that way, you engage in the work. And you also engage in the change of your perspective and what that work means to you. So the here and now that you might practice in your meditation, and some people do this, they'll, they'll meditate, they'll run, they'll do yoga, and then they get up from that, and it's as if they didn't do it at all. It's as if it wasn't there. They were all engaged in the here and now, but then they don't practice it outside of their spiritual practice or, um, or, their, or their working spiritual practice. They will go to work and go, oh my gosh, here I am now back in my tapes of I am miserable and so forth. Being really engaged and being focused on the here and now lets you find more solutions during your day in within the job you're doing and um it becomes um 
a place where you can breathe while you are working when we're in the present moment. Um, another suggestion is having humility. <laughs> I've thought of this, having humility when the people around you may not have humility. Um, it's um, true that humility builds a quiet confidence from within yourself. When you say it's a good thing to be, when, when someone says to you it's a good thing to be humble, um, you have to look at yourself, right? You can't look at another person. Um, you can most certainly say this person over here is not being humble, but you don't know what it's taking for them to work with themselves. And looking at your own humility uh, allows you to have more confidence um, to really look at um, your achievements, a group's achievements. If you are a, a boss or a supervisor, having humility allows you to realize you are not doing your work all by yourself, but it requires others to work with you to make you look good or to help you um, get proceed and get forward, go forward in your work. It's a place of humility that allows you that capacity. Um, and your beliefs make a difference, too. A lot of people, it's very interesting, the study showed that a lot of people who think that stress kills have far more health issues than those who say, oh, no, stress is a good thing. I need the stress. I run on stress. It's exciting. Um, and those people actually live a lot longer. So how you believe and what you do with your beliefs makes quite a bit of difference. Um, you want to slow down to speed up. Um, that definitely goes in there with um, the time it takes to get tasks done. Um, more efficient people do slow down. What I've noticed is the people who seem like they're moving slower, they're not really moving slower. It's just that they've created a pace for themselves, a rhythm, because they've taken, they've slowed down enough to take the time to figure themselves out and the rhythm of the office around them or the people around them. And once they're in that rhythm um, and they know they're good at it, um, they found out that the so-called slowing down process has actually speeded them up. And those are the people you go to. That's what I've noticed, too. The people that um, seem like they're just in a rhythm and in a pace. And it's like it's kind of nice to be around them because you get in that rhythm and in that pace, too. They've really looked deeply at what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, and one last thing um, I wanted to mention is um, think about growth. I've, a lot of people, especially once you get into that place of, I hate my job, you are no longer thinking about the growth in that position. You are finished with it. Um, but go back to considering what it means to grow in a position, what it means to learn again. And I know, I can hear it, a lot of people say, well, I've learned everything in this job. They're not giving me anything new. I'm not getting anything new. Um, just forget it. But how can you proceed in the same job without learning something new? There are opportunities and there are possibilities. And I've noticed, again, um, studies or not, that the people that 
move to the next level in their work, um, proceed forward into new work, um, are people who see themselves either as students at all times or find the value in learning and growth and um, the opportunities to improve. So it's, it's finding <laughs> a good part of that actually is following your bliss. Um, bliss means that you're curious about life, that you've cultivated interest in the kind of work that you do um, or the kind of work you want to do because sometimes it is very true. If it's really time to go to another job or to leave where you are because it's just not right for you anymore, um, it has to do with starting to think not only of how you can have a different perspective of where you are now, but you know you'll be cultivating a whole different perspective when you go into another job or career um, in the future. Anyway, I wanted to take a moment here to um, talk about um, something that's fairly well featured in my work as an intuitive medium. Um, it isn't all spirit guides and just a reading of the future, but um, as I've stated here, a lot of people come in for their own spiritual development or to gain a different perspective when they've only got the one perspective and they want to look at life in a different way. Um, I enjoy that part of my work very much. I often work with people who are um, dealing with a lot of their old patterns, and they may know that, but sometimes people come in who don't even know that if there are patterns they're dealing with, or those are exactly the blocks to what's going on. They know there's something keeping them from moving forward in their life, but um, it's having... It's um, using me as a different perspective uh, to look at how their lives can be different. Um, um, I always want people, and it's, it's not Pollyanna thinking, I always want people to rise into a place of positivity, um, of seeing yourself without the baggage and often what I'm talking about with people is releasing or removing baggage um, of allowing people to then tap back into their authentic selves. Um, um, sometimes it is done with meditation and mindfulness. Sometimes there are yoga therapies that can be used, certainly breath work, um, visualization, Visualization helps a lot. It really allows, um, I do the visualization and allow people to go on the journey of seeing themselves in a whole new way and in a different light. So I'm offering that opportunity as well in my intuitive consultations. Um, it's funny. Without a guest here, and yet you all are my guests, I'm actually going to do a tarot reading for work and see what spirit among the cards says about work today. And one more 
Shuffle. All right. <laughs> okay, so the card that came up is the Three of Wands. Um, it's the card I call my Christopher Columbus card because it's a man standing on a hill looking out at his ships and he's looking out at the world. It's a card about knowledge. The background is gold. Um, he has a staff in his hands, which means he has his connection to his higher self, his wisdom, his authority, and with him, behind him, at his back, are whatever helps him. That can be spirit guides, it can be your tools, your, your vision, um, it can be um, what you are becoming, it can be the voices of your higher self and your spirit guides, um, helping you know the way forward. Um, in um, Columbus's work, it was that he was looking for one thing and he found another. And he felt he was a failure, and yet he wasn't. Um, we wouldn't have known about this country had it not been for Columbus. So in doing the work that you do, what is it you're discovering? There may be something when you step out of the misery and into this is what I have, this is what I do, this is where I am right this minute, what have I been doing? What have I discovered? What's, what would others say, others say is the value of what I am doing and, um, and presenting and offering the world? To step into that is very much a three of wands consciousness. So... Um, and one last thing that I want to do is a meditation that has to do with work and getting up, <laughs> to getting up to go to work. I finally thought of all the meditations I could do, I figured this was the one uh, that might really be of help. So as you get up in the morning, you can think these thoughts. The sun rises on a new day. I awaken, I stretch, and I rise to prepare for this day only. I am blessed to use my gifts, my hands, my talents, my mind, my energy, my experience, my wisdom, and my body in service of my goals. I am creative and like to learn new things. I enjoy my work as it is and live in the present moments of it. I may work for myself or others, but ultimately my work matters to me. It is a sacred part of me that I share with the world. I find delight in both the simple and the complex tasks. I discover something new every time I do a task. There are so many possibilities. This is change and transformation. There is a flow and up and down to my work. My work may not always be easy. Challenges and learning give me different voices and different stories. And even so, there is joy, laughter, 
curiosity, abundance, and ingenuity, resourcefulness, and imagination in living each day. If my work is changing today, I will see it with new eyes and new purpose. I am an artist and a craftsperson on my path. I am a help to others, and others are there who help me as well. I remember while I am living the grace of this day that I am following and sharing my bliss. Om Shanti. All right, thank you for being present with me today. Uh, I want to thank Paul Preston, uh, the illustrious podcast technician who's here with me. Um, I want to say thank you to Kevin McLeod for the music, to Allison Werner, my friend and social media consultant. And listeners, keep cruising through the light and the shadows. I hope you'll join me in two weeks. Om Shanti. Om Shanti.